Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host and I have an unbelievably special guest on today. His name is Brian K. Wright and I'd like to welcome Brian to my show. Brian, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Ken. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. This is gonna be fun. I'm I'm pretty excited, man. You um you've done some exceptional things from what I can see so far in life. And and you know, I'm I'm here to take notes. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, thank you. That I'm flattered. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, so let's let's talk about. You know, I, I created this show a couple years ago. Um, I've been incredibly blessed in my life, and and you know, I've I've found that one of the the best ways of helping other people is by sharing your story with them, and and you know, of of the trials and tribulations that we all go through on this journey. So, um, you know, let's start with where you were born and raised. Wow. Well, I was born in Decatur, Illinois, and my dad had taken a job there after he graduated from Iowa State University. And about nine months or so after that, uh, we moved the family back to Iowa, which is where my whole family was originally from. So I grew up in a little town called Northwood, Iowa. It's about four miles south of the Iowa-Minnesota border. And definitely corn country, definitely an agricultural community, very small community. And everyone helped each other out and it was pretty cool. You don't realize what you have until you aren't there anymore. I, I try to get back once in a very great while. I don't get back home as often as I'd like, but uh, it, it was really a great community. I connected with a lot of those people on Facebook now. Wow. And it's really pretty cool to see how we've all grown up and gotten to do so many different things in life. But then I went to Iowa State University also, and I graduated in communication studies, went to Nebraska for my master's degree in adult education. Wow. And I taught at a two-year business college for about four years. I taught public speaking, English composition, and business math. Now you may wonder, wow, those are diverse topics. Well, they were all <laughs> required. Uh, I started as a math major in college. I was always really good at math. Yeah. In fact, my challenge was math came so easily to me that I would sometimes skip steps when I was explaining things and my students would raise their hand and say, how'd you get from here to here? Oh, I didn't explain yeah. that. So that was a little Forget challenging. That part. Forget yeah, that part. But no, it was fun. I enjoyed teaching that and I enjoyed teaching public speaking and English composition and fast all the way forward. I moved out to Arizona in 1996 and I still am here. Spent a lot of time in the call center world, both as a caller as a supervisor, as a payroll manager, as wow. a trainer, did some or all of those roles in just about every company I was with. And the last role I had before making my business full-time was working for a real estate, a Keller, a Keller Williams agent in Fountain Hills, Arizona named Rich Barker. He's fantastic. And I would call people and um, talk to them about buying or selling their home or inviting them to their open houses. And I would get a little, a little, little cut, hourly wage plus a little cut for yeah. anybody who listed or bought or sold their home. So, so I, I, let's back up. You, you yeah. just fast forwarded through your entire life, right? <laughs> Go where I'm you kidding. want. <laughs> so, but let, let me ask you, where is, um, so you said you went to Iowa state university. Is that in Des Moines? Ames. Oh, Ames. Okay. Okay. About a half I, an hour I, I was in, I was in Des Moines one time for corporate training for a month. Yeah. And, and, there was nothing to do. What time of year was it? I don't remember. Okay. 
<laughs> I couldn't find anything to do, oh. but I, I, but I, I do like, I was like, it's a, it's a big state mm-hmm. and it's pretty flat. Except, except on the east and west, because the Missouri River's on the west yeah. and the Mississippi River's on the right, and so it does get hillier the closer to the river you get. Yeah, I, all I remember is it, it, there. Well, not all I remember, but there were these tractor trailers pulling the triple trailers, three trailers, mm-hmm. blown over on the side of the interstate. Like literally, there's so much wind that mm-hmm. I, it's a windy state. Yeah, yeah. People don't talk about that. No, no. Sometimes it's windier than Chicago and that's the windy city supposedly. So, yeah, I just remember seeing, I remember seeing these, these semi trailers that trucks that were blown, literally blown over. I'm like, yeah, what in the world? That doesn't look fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. Iowa loves their high school sports Yeah, and they love their college sports. Iowa state, Iowa, Northern Iowa and Drake are all in Iowa. Yeah. Drake is in Des Moines. Okay. So, I mean, the state fair happens in August. Uh, Adventureland, if you like amusement parks, it's a yeah. small amusement yeah. park. Uh, if you like gambling, they allow gambling in Iowa now. They didn't when I grew up. Not that it mattered because I wasn't old enough to anyway, legally. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so growing up in Iowa, I mean, so you did, but you didn't, uh, you didn't grow up on a farm. I think everybody thinks everybody from Iowa's. Well, I grew up in town, and then when I was 12, we moved out into the country about a mile, mile and a half out of town. So we lived on a very small acreage. We raised cattle, you know, oh, okay. like 10 or 12 cattle. I was in 4-H. Wow. For for In junior high and, and high school. So I did raise cattle. Wow. And made enough money to pay for the first three semesters of school, and then my parents helped me out with the rest. Wow. So you, you did do some farming stuff. A little bit. And my dad was the manager of the co-op elevator. So we were very ag based. And my dad grew up on a farm. My grandparents on my dad's side were farmers. They had a big farm and, and that farm is still in the family. My grandparents are gone, but we do rent out the farm to someone else. And so the family gets farm rental income every year in December. Wow. That's pretty cool. So you, you, so I've, 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 I've said before, I think every kid in America should have to go bale hay for a summer. Like it should be a requirement. Not the, not the whole summer. You do it. You do it for a day or two. You kind of get the idea of what you're doing. (laughs) I, it's serious work. (laughs) I mean, it's serious work. It is serious work. Those hay bales are heavy, you know, and, and, and you're not doing it alone. So you have other people yeah. your age. Right. Well, what I did was walked beans and people think you, what you walk. <laughs> yes. It just means you walk through the bean fields and pull all the weeds out. Right. You're not literally walking beans down the street. Stop it. That's not what it means. So, it so <laughs> you, 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 you ended up in, in, and what, what did you say your major was in communication studies? Okay, communication studies. So you get out of high school. Yes. Um, and and you decide you're going to um go into communication studies. Mm-hmm. Um why? What what pushed you in that direction? I started as a math major. Well, because that, I thought that, I, yeah. I, I thought I wanted to be a high school math teacher. Okay. By the time I got to the fourth semester and I was taking differential equations and matrix theory, that stuff was way too abstract. And yeah. I just wasn't really grasping it. So I thought this is pro- it's probably going to get worse from here. 
So, um, and I had, a, I had a, a trusted friend who was a teacher in, in the speech department. And she said, Brian, if you're getting B's and C's in your major, that's, that's not a great sign. You should be flying through your major because you'd love it so much. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I ended up changing it to communication studies. I was on right. the speech team. So I was on the forensics team. You know, that, that means speech yeah. and debate. It doesn't mean the CSI stuff. Yeah. That would be different, that but no, be. I, I did co contest speaking all through high school and college and I enjoyed it and I always wanted to be a teacher. And so my next thought was I want to be a high school English teacher, speech and English teacher. But my senior year in college, I was counting out my credits and asked myself, what if I took out the high school teaching component? I realized I had enough credits to graduate that year my fourth year. And so I played around with that decision for about six weeks. Do I go to graduate wow. school? Because I wanted to sometime anyway. Yeah. Or do I stick around for the fifth year and, and try and teach in high school? Well, I was talking with one of my professors and he said something to me very, very profound. He said, Brian, you could keep gathering information for days and weeks and months, but you must eventually decide something. Right. And once you make a decision, you may find out things later that could have changed your decision, but you can't beat yourself up over because you didn't know those things before you decided. So decide. Mm. I promise that a, a huge burden will be lifted off your shoulders. So I decided, yeah, I'm going to go to graduate school. And the burden was lifted. And wow. I just flew through the rest of that year and went to graduate school. And that was probably one of the single most difficult things I've ever done in my life for a lot of reasons. It certainly was not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, graduate school is a very, very different animal. You do a lot more reading. You do, you write a lot more papers. You do a lot more research and it, for me, it wasn't as fun. Yeah. But well, you, you, you're doing a it. lot more work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got through, it. I actually take, took a year and a half off in the middle of my graduate program because I decided that I just didn't, didn't want to do it anymore. So yeah. I uh, worked for a telemarketing firm. That was my first real foray into telemarketing. I did that for a couple months. Then I sold insurance for about a year. Yeah, I sold health insurance and wow. life insurance. Decided that I needed to go back to school. There was this unfinished thing just yeah. lingering. You know, Jack Canfield talks about finishing your incompletes. Yeah. That's what was going on, even though his book, Success Principles, wasn't released for quite a long time until, you know, after that. But I felt like I needed to complete an incomplete. And so I went back and finished my degree, ended up changing my major to adult education wow. and just felt so much more comfortable there. It was just such a greater atmosphere, more welcoming. I felt like I was just in my zone yeah. and it went well. And I took the, the comprehensive exam option. I didn't have to write a thesis. Wow. So well, you're, you're, yeah. you're way more educated than I am. I didn't even make it out of high school. I said, oh. I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> well, you know what? There's really nothing wrong with that. There used to be this big stigma around that. But if yeah. you can build a successful business, it almost doesn't matter how much school you went through. Yeah. Well, there's a whole gaggle of 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 examples, right? Of mm -hmm. people that 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 Henry Fords of the world and people like that. But yeah. um, you know, you brought up Jack Canfield. I, I actually that book is laying behind my green screen. Yeah, uh, mine's it, on my bookcase. My I, I, my bookcase I reference right it all the time. I have it on Kindle. I have the hard copy of it. And, you know, because the very first principle in that book is take 100% responsibility for every single outcome in your life. And, yeah. and, and I preach that. Yeah. I preach it. I, I, I love that book. So, so, you know, fast forward a little bit into, 
Um, you, you, you had, I, I'd like to talk actually before we fast forward the telemarketing thing. Yeah. How important do you think having the ability to sell would be? It's very important because that's really what you're doing. Unless you're fundraising. Well, that's sales too. Sometimes yeah. it's appointment setting, but you have to sell the appointment. Yeah. And there's such a wall that people have about telemarketers. I wouldn't want to be doing it now. Yeah, no. But there's such a wall about it, but you have to, you know, build rapport. And my problem was I I, I was such an experienced speaker through contest speaking through high school and college yeah. and through teaching. I mean, I'm a pretty polished speaker when I'm on my game. People thought there were a lot of times where people thought I was recording and they'd hang up. Like, no, I'm a real person. Some people <laughs> ask me, are you a real person? Yes, I'm a real person. Just shut up and listen to me. Uh, right. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. But no, I'm, right. I am a real person. Yeah. Wow. So then you got into insurance sales and, yeah. and you finally made the decision. All right, I'm going back to my, my master's degree. Yeah. And, and, and so you did. I did. And then you got in, you said you got into teaching for a while. Yep. How long was that? About four years, four years. And then you said, I can't do this anymore. Right. In fact, what happened, this was pre-internet. So what happened was we had a director of education who didn't believe in yellow page advertising. We were a small school as it was. Yeah. All of our courses were in one building and our top enrollment was about 450 students and it was a private school. So they ran it very much like a business. Wow. And, you know, they made a lot of money off the financial aid packages that, you know, they got students enrolled in. Well, this director of education didn't, or director of sales did not believe in yellow page advertising. So we removed our yellow page advertising and within nine months, our enrollment was just a little over half of what it was. Oh. Now, if you have only half of your students, that means you only need half of your teachers, right? Yeah, right. So um, I was one of five people in the general studies department. I had been there for two and a half years and I was the low one on the total pool. So I oh. got cut back to part-time. And so I was only offered classes when they were available. Yeah. And eventually those classes weren't available at all. Now, fortunately I was resume writing at the time. So I did have a source of income outside of teaching. Mm -hmm. And yep. so I was doing that full time. People kept asking me, is that lucrative? Well, it's getting me by. Right. But right. after a while I got kind of bored with it. Right. So, you know, you, in all of this stuff that you you were doing, uh, you know, up to that point, you've you've mentioned several times yeah. now that you were doing all this this um, speaking stuff. Yeah. How what how, what 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 got you into that? What made you go? I'm going to do public speaking. Like, yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you a quick little story. When I was in junior high. I was appointed to recite the Lord's Prayer in front of the congregation. Okay. Halfway through, I forgot it. <laughs> the, wow. the, the congregation knew it, so they carried me to the finish line. Oh. <laughs> the girl who spoke after me had her little speech written, and she was reading it. I'm like, I, well, she didn't stumble. She didn't forget, but right. I didn't want to read something either. Right. And so the following year when I got to high school, the speech coach said, Brian, you should go out for speech. You'd be really good. And I'm like, oh, no, because I'm thinking, oh, that junior high thing happened. No, no, I'm not. She said, take the rule book home. You might find an event that resonates with you. Would you at least read the rule book and, and read right. the description of the events? I'm like, okay, I'll bite. 
I'll do it. <laughs> right. Took it home. Didn't have homework that night, so I read that. Wow. One event stuck out to me, and it was called Radio News Announcing. And the thing that stuck out to me was I don't have to face an audience. I thought, oh, this could be my thing. Uh, I had 30 minutes to prepare a five, four to five minute newscast based on the stories that they gave me. So my job was to figure out what was important and craft it into a short newscast. And I had 30 minutes to do it. Oh. So, you know, for editor the editorial skills, you know, I couldn't change the stories. I just had to pick which ones I wanted to use. And so, and these were real, real life really, news. Real stories. Wow. Real stories. And so I sat in a room with a guy holding flashcards, time flashcards, five, four, three, two, one. And the noise was pumped into the next room where the judge and the audience were. So I didn't have to face anybody. I got a one at districts and I got a one at state. I said, I want to do this again. The coach said, you can't. I said, why not? The coach said the rules prohibit you from doing the same event. If you get a one at state, the idea is that you have to try. They want you to try new things. Right. Right. I don't want to try new things. I like this event. <laughs> so the next year I had to face an audience. And so I did a poetry reading. I did Horton. Here's a who by Dr. Seuss. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And fast forward a little bit. By the time I was a senior, I made all state. So that was fun. Wow. I did the so, elephant's child. And this was in high school in high school. Jeez, man. So, um, so it's just, you, you you've always been a natural. Yeah. And my dad, spoke in front of audiences all the time. I mean, he was the manager of the co-op elevator. He was on boards. He would travel to Minneapolis a lot. He would go to Omaha. So there were yeah. several days a month where he wasn't home because he was at these meetings and wow. speaking was something that came naturally to him. So I think I probably got some of that from him. Wow. So you, you, um, eventually, and I want to get to, I want to get to what you're doing now. Cause sure. like what, what you're doing now is just unbelievable. Thank you. Um, but, but like at some point you stopped working for people, yeah. institutions, companies, yeah. whatever. Brian Tracy has a very interesting quote. He says, if you don't have goals in life, you are doomed forever to work for those who do. Oh, I love, I love Brian Tracy. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So you eventually set some goals. Yes. <laughs> did you always have, did you, did, did you wake up one day and go, man, I, I got to set some goals. Uh, I got interested in personal development when I was in graduate school. Okay. Uh, the magic of thinking big by David Schwartz awesome. was the first book that I read. And I was really glad to have something that was not academic to read yeah. Yeah. In fact, one of my uh, one of my students was in Amway. My grandma did Amway way back in the day. Yeah. But my one of my students wanted to talk to me about joining Amway and said, well, I don't want to do that, but I'm very interested in this book, this Think Magic of Thinking Big book. I'll buy this book from you. It was like 12 bucks. Yeah. So he made a little something, you know, but I bought right. the book and it was great. And I'm like, this is really amazing. Now, this was written in the 50s, I think. So the numbers that he's throwing around are absolutely dated. He talks about, you know, making $12,000 a year is really fantastic money. Well, not now, but then, right. yes. Right. And the thing that, the, the <laughs> thing that the example that stuck out to me the, the most in terms of thinking big, he talked about how he bought this whole plot of land and he got it zoned and subdivided into 10 lots. And he sold those for people to develop themselves and buy and build their own dream house outside of town. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you bought one plot of land, subdivided it into 10. You sold the 10 units individually, the 10 plots of land individually for more than you bought the big lot for. 
Yeah. That's brilliant. So how else in my life can I think big? Yeah. That's awesome. And starting my own business was one of those things. In resume writing, I was making my own money. Of course, I had to advertise. And so I learned, even when I was raising cattle, it was a business. Even though I was in junior high and high school, I had to buy the calves. I had to buy the feed. Yeah. And you don't make your money until you sell the animal after the fair. Right. Right. But, you know, you make some money and you put it away and you, you know, do things with it, such as go to college, which is what I did. So you, you, but you now, I mean, okay. So your, your undergraduate degree definitely has come into play with, with what you're, you're doing now for sure. Right. Uh, And I, I tried to choose, choose classes that I thought would benefit me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I wasn't, when I was in high school, I was involved in all the extracurricular speech, drama, music, the whole shebang jazz band. When I got to college, my first semester, I thought, oh, I'll just keep doing this. I was in marching band, Iowa State's marching band, went to football games. I was in oratorio choir and I did speech. And I realized very quickly, I can't do all three of these things and keep up my coursework. So I kept the thing that I thought gave me the greatest opportunity to be usable in my career. And that was speech. So I kept going to speech tournaments. And I dropped the music altogether. Wow. Yeah. Well, so what got you, what I know that like doing the resume writing and all yeah. of that, um, I know that, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a business, mm-hmm. right? But at some point you, you decided, okay, I want to scale. I really want to have a business going here. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, let's just, let's just throw it out there. So you're, you're a magazine publisher. Mm-hmm. You have a magazine and the magazine name is success profiles magazine, success profiles magazine. I have, an, and, I have some examples. Oh, me, I'd love that. Yes. I'd love, love to see that. Okay. So you have had some amazing right there, Dan Locke. Yeah. On the front cover. This whole Iron Man, his team added that. They said, We changed your cover. I'm like, you did? Okay. I opened it up and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. That's amazing. So a lot of my first covers are just the person with a a background like a gray or whatever background and those covers look really sharp too yeah when jonathan horton was on the cover of my magazine in december we used a photo from him competing on the still rings in a meet a a gymnastics meet and that was his front cover that's also the front cover of his book which i was his ghostwriter on wow falling forward yeah that's that's so incredible so you what made you what was the there, you know, was there a moment in time where you're like, I got to start a, cause you have the radio show mm-hmm. you have the, the or uh, is it radio or podcast yeah. or radio both? live radio? Is it live radio? It is Mondays wow. at six Eastern. So I'm doing my show today. I'm interviewing a property attorney, a property, intellectual property attorney. Wow. So live yeah. radio mm-hmm. show, you have the, the success profiles mag or success profiles magazine, right? Yep. Am and success right? profiles radio or radio. Uh, yeah. So w- why, where did that happen? How did that happen? Yeah. I started with the radio show and, uh, Craig Doeswalt 
is the guy who got me into this because he was affiliated with the Toginet Radio Network, which I'm still on. And he was trying to recruit people to start shows. Wow. And I thought about it for a while. I I, I tend to be pretty deliberate in my decision making. Um, yeah. So I thought about it for a bit because it was going to be an investment. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to do this. I don't know what it's going to turn into. I had no idea it was going to turn into what it has turned into. But I wanted to interview people that I looked up to. I wanted to have it be a personal development and business-oriented show. And that's what it is. Hal Elrod was my very first guest. Hal Elrod is amazing. This was before The Miracle Morning came out. So he's blown up way, way big in the last eight years. In fact, I asked him on the show, I've heard of this Miracle Morning book. Tell us about that. And he said, I'm not done yet. I said, okay, well, then you'll come back when it is. And a year and a half later, he was heavily promoting that book. And so I had him back on the show. I reminded him of that story. He goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. He's been on my show three times now. Wow. That's incredible. And you've had... I mean, I know you've had Jack Canfield on. Uh, my, I'm my really, really good friend, Jeffrey Gittimer. I love yeah. that dude. He was my 100th episode. I, I actually, I listened to his, uh, I listened to a, a, a handful of your testimonials on your website and he was one of them. Yeah. So I, I love Jeffrey. He is a class act. He is. So, fantastic. so, so you started the radio show and it's, it's on what? What Toginet Radio? Okay, where's that? It's on the internet, so you can go to toginetradio.com or you can type into your browser successprofilesradio.com and it'll take you to my page on their network. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so you started this radio show, you started getting some big names. I mean, Hal is 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 it's a big name yeah um you you had some uh, some other like who was next after Hal? i mean where do you go yeah. from there have you ever right. thought that like where do i go from here <laughs> yeah well i've got my dream list in fact greg reed encouraged me to come up with a dream list of people that i wanted to interview i really would have liked to have interviewed adam west before he died that I mean, mm. batman come on i mean yeah. that would have been fun that but i was on, on his website and one of the things he wrote on his website is celebrities do not donate their time for free i'm like i wonder if that means he won't come on my show for free because i don't pay for guests right yeah no i don't i'm, I'm with you yeah. yeah no yeah so um my, sherry gideons is on do you know sherry we just connected on facebook this morning actually she's friends with greg reed she was at his house i think the other day or something oh wow that's awesome yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so gosh, so what, like, who are some of the people and wh- how, how do you go about, and I'm, this is selfish, by the way, I'm just gonna, sure. I mean, I know how I connect with people. Um, but like, how do you, how do you get people like Jack Canfield? He, ha- he has a litany of people yeah. of layers to get to him. I'll tell you, I specifically for him, I went to his site, his website. Okay. Yeah. Some he was promoting the success principles back in 2015. He was promoting the 10 year anniversary edition. So this is a clue. If someone's just come out with a book, chances are they're going to be in promotion mode. Absolutely. Ding, ding, I went ding. on his site and somebody else, a friend of mine, had interviewed him. I said, How did you get him? I just went on his website and filled out the form. Okay, so I did. Didn't get an answer right away. I went back to my friend. I said, He didn't I didn't get an answer back. It's been probably a, a week or two. He said, try again. Maybe they get so deluded, deluged yeah. with, with emails yeah. and messages. They maybe just didn't even see it. So I answered the questions again. And yeah. the next day I got an answer. Yes, we'd love to have Jack on your show. And I'll, I'll tell you a story. 
Um, wow. During that time, I was renting out my condo as an Airbnb because um, I couldn't afford my mortgage. Some things had happened and, yeah. and my income took a dive. And so I didn't have a steady place to interview people, but I wanted to keep doing my show. And so I interviewed Jack Canfield from a free conference room at the Chandler Public Library. Wow. Yeah. On your phone? On my phone. Oh my, okay. Now yeah. we're getting into this. Stuff. You got to do what you got to do so you can do what you want to do later. I love this, man. I love this. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Here we are with a, a guy that has a master's degree, mm. right? Mm. And, and, and the, people need to know this, man. Life, because too many people think life is supposed to be easy. In the book, The Road Less Traveled, mm. The, the the very first three words of that book are is is life is difficult and 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 as soon as you accept that life is difficult you can transcend the difficulties of life much easier instead yeah. of walking around acting like wait a minute I shouldn't have to do I'm interviewing Jack Canfield I shouldn't yeah. have to do this in a library you just said Hey man, we're going to do what we have to do to make this happen. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the imposter syndrome thing popped up a lot during that period. Yeah. But oh. you know what? Elon Musk, when he sold, yeah. was PayPal. it PayPal and PayPal. whatever else he had going on at the time, yeah. he put all of his money into Tesla and he slept on a friend's couch. Million money for rent. Yeah. $40 million. Yeah. So, I mean, I take heart in knowing that really successful people had a very deep valley to overcome at different times. And so that was my valley Amen. and things are better. I mean, I still have a ways to go. I'm still trending up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah. And I've had some great people to come back to your original question. I Jack Canfield, Darren Hardy. I was a little oh. starstruck by him. If I had to be very honest, he was fantastic. Wow. In fact, what I ended up doing with some of the amazing people I have out of my show, I've repurposed some of those into interviews and or into books and the first of those, well, actually, the second of those I did was Success Profiles Conversations with High Achievers. Oh, wow. I okay. Wow. Jack Canfield, Tom Ziegler, Laura Langmeyer, Darren Hardy, Frank Shankwitz, who uh, started the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Tom Ziegler, um, a lot of really, really amazing people. This was in 2018. Then last year in October, Volume 2, featuring Kevin Harrington, wow. Chris Powell, Dan Locke, and a whole lot more. And so you can see a theme here. I'm repurposing content, and that's so important. Yep. This is on Amazon, too. The Kindle version of this is 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. Wow. I, well, I want I want a copy of both those. I'll go get them. So, awesome. and Because Tom Ziegler is a really good friend of mine, too. Yeah. He's been and on my show twice. He's awesome. I know. I saw, I saw his uh, testimonial, and I was like, wow, it's on your website. Yeah. So like people need to go check out your website, Brian K, Brian K right.com for yes. sure, because you have a lot of valuable stuff on there. And I was talking with Frank Shank Shankowitz last night, actually. Yeah. We were going back and forth in an email. I'm trying to get him on my show and he's, yeah. he is a busy dude. You know how yeah. that goes too, right? Like I interviewed him in 2013 after Greg reads think and grow rich stickability. Wow. And I interviewed him and a few other people on the red carpet. See, here's the thing. Having a radio show opens up doors. Yep. Greg Reed, I had interviewed him a couple of different times. He said, you need to come out to um, San Diego to, to stickability. And I want you to do red carpet interviews. And I did. I interviewed a whole bunch of people. It's on my YouTube channel. 
success wow. profiles radio. You can watch a whole bunch of those red carpet interviews. They're all two minutes, two, three minutes a piece. And then he invited me to LA for the Wishman premiere. And I did red carpet interviews there. And I got to interview Frank again. The first time wow. I interviewed Frank on my show, uh, the screenplay was just about done. The casting had been decided. He couldn't reveal who the cast members were. And I said, are there people that we know? And he said, yes, absolutely. You will recognize some of these names, but I just can't tell you who they are yet. I said, fair enough. And wow. I got to interview him again when it was all done. I said, so how surreal is it to see your life being played out on a screen? He said, it was just the most amazing thing ever. And the cast was fantastic. Andrew yeah. Steele was amazing. That was such a great movie. Such and Andrew Steele has been on my show too. We, wow. he, he's just amazing. Just love the guy. He's amazing. That is incredible. That is incredible. So, so, so you, 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 you found yourself in the middle of this radio show and you're having some, um, and, and just so everybody knows, like it, with me, people are like, how do you monetize breakthrough walls? I mean, I've interviewed some of the same people and, and, you know, I'm like, I, 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 I don't, it's, it's a, it's, a, it's, Mm -hmm. something I'm doing from my heart. It's something that I love doing. I love, mm -hmm. love having people like Brian come on and say, we all go through it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we all go through it. Right. And, and so, um, you know, but eventually you decided at some point to start this success magazine. If you don't mind holding up another, another, um, and can a different one, let me get a different one. Sure. I know. Oh, you can't hear me with your headphones off. So this is so cool. This, this, this is cool. Cause I know you've had Jack Canfield on the front. There's Kevin. This is the very first issue, December, 2017. There's a story behind this one. If I can tell it. Yes. So I had renewed the domain success profiles magazine for the third year and I hadn't done anything yet. Wow. And I just had this conviction. I heard this little voice inside me saying, Brian, you haven't done anything with this yet. You need to do it because you're talking about it and not doing it. This is in September of December, of, uh, September, 2017. So I decided I was going to go ahead and do this. I thought, well, who should be the first cover? Well, I'd already interviewed Kevin Harrington. I figured I'll just email him and say, Hey, Kevin, once again, thank you for being on my show six months ago, got tremendous value from it. Some new things are happening. Now I started a magazine. I would love for you to be the first person on the cover. I'll just curate material from the interview. We already did no extra effort is needed from you. See, this is the key. If you're going to ask yeah. a high level person, something, make it really easy for them to say, yes, <laughs> I said, all I need is a photo for the cover and just send me photos. And that's all I really want. And he said, I'm in. Wow. I'm in. So then I started asking people to contribute articles and I did. And this first issue was 36 pages. And the, the first cover that I tried to design myself on canva.com was not yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> was not amazing. No. In fact, I posted it and I started getting some kickback about it. In fact, one guy said the nineties called, they want their fonts back. <laughs> I took it wow. down. I took it yeah. down. Cause it was, I was embarrassed now. Right. Well, a minute or two later, a friend of mine who I had never spoken with. And for the record, the nine, there's nothing wrong with the nineties. That, that was a great decade. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would submit to you that the eighties were even more excellent. I have to agree with you. Even the seventies. I mean, who can forget Saturday night fever? The Bee Gees right. are my jam lately. They really <laughs> are. But anyway, a friend of mine on Facebook who I had never interacted with said, here, use this. He had mocked up what was this 
I said, that's amazing. How much do I owe you? Don't worry about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. How much do I owe you? He says, no, I plan on asking you about book writing somewhere down the line. So I thought, oh, that's pretty smart. He's providing value first and then he'll ask for something later. And I did notice that there was a person's name spelled wrong. And so I said, can you please fix this? And he said, yeah, sure. And so he fixed it. And that's the cover I used. And he wasn't available to do any others. And so I just submitted this to the designer that I'm, that I used next. Wow. And now would I do this first issue differently today? Absolutely. It's so much better now. But it looks phenomenal. Can, can people like, can I can I subscribe to that and Absolutely. have it mailed to my home? Well, I'm not doing uh, mailed copies. It's a digital subscription. I just oh. print a few out for networking purposes. Oh, I got you. Yeah, but successprofilesmagazine.com. And okay. is, you can get a dollar trial for seven days. Yeah. And then you can choose if you want to subscribe monthly, annually, or once forever. And it's really reasonable. Wow. So I would really recommend, you know, the once forever or the annual, but the monthly is still reasonable. In fact, what yeah. I'm thinking about doing is when I get somebody to help me, cause I'm at a point now where I really do need a team. I do source yeah. out my graphic design work, yeah. but I haven't sourced out really anything else. Right. If I get a commission salesperson who can sell some ad space, I can then afford to make copies and start doing yeah. mail outs to people. I would like to be able to do that. But even some of the bigger magazines, even some of the major newspapers are scaling away from the printed versions because there's no, the margins are horrible. I, I Yeah, they are. But I mean, look for the right, you know, um, in the car business, they say there's a butt for every, well, they don't say butt, but I'm right. going to say butt. They say yeah. there's a butt for every seat. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think, I mean, I don't know what I, what I would be willing to pay, but I'd be, be willing to pay some kind of a monthly fee yeah, just to have a, a printed copy sent to me, but you would have to be able to scale that. And I understand. Right. And, right. and, and the advertising part of it's a great idea. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. if somebody, for example, what he did with the back cover was just basically a, a darkened image of the front, which I thought was right. brilliant for the moment. Yeah. I, yeah. I will sell the back cover space to somebody who wants it. Wow. I will sell the inside front cover to somebody who wants it. I will sell the inside back cover to somebody who wants it. That's incredible. Yeah. Dude, dude, you're sitting on a gold mine. I've been told this many times and thank you for reaffirming that. I, I do. Mean, I, I want in. How do, how do I buy it? We can, we'll talk about this off the air. Right. <laughs> I want, I want to help with this, but I, I love the whole concept because you know, my wife, like, I can't stand reading a newspaper, a real news. I can't like it. Just, I don't know. My yeah. wife, however, is obsessed with it. She loves to read a newspaper. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of people who will, they'll, they'll invest the money to, yeah. to have a real magazine. Yeah. I do have some subscribers, not enough. I mean, there's never going to be enough. Right. But I, I want this to scale to the point where I can, you know, basically live on the residual income and then not worry about things so that I can, you know, release that energy and do a lot of creative things. So, you know, the grind is real and there's nothing wrong with it because if you're going to build anything worthwhile, there is a grind to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love it. It doesn't even feel like work. Right. No. So, so, you do, um, man, this is, this is incredible. So you, 
When was the first issue again? December, 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. And you do it every month? Every month. Scott Duffy was the last issue. Wow. Uh, February, 2020. John Lee Dumas is going to be the cover for March, 2020. Uh, Entrepreneur on Fire. Wow. You've interviewed And that one's being worked on now. Have you interviewed John Lee Dumas? I did. Wow. He had 15 minutes. So we, I asked him probably 12 or 13 questions in 12 and a half minutes. And it was amazing. In yeah. fact, what I'm, I'm going to repurpose that into a future podcast episode. In fact, um, I'm going to talk with my station, but I'm going to have a shorter version. My show is usually an hour long. I'm going to have a shorter episode next week if we get it done in time. Yeah. And I'll just record some stuff before and after it. It'll probably be a 20 or 30 minute show. That that is so awesome, and I've had those. I had Fallon Taylor; she's the world champion um, barrel riding horse thing. I don't even know it's barrel barrel like riding things. Yeah, yeah, she's the world champion, and she's well, like, man. I got twenty minutes, and I'm like, okay, let's roll. And so you know, normally I won't though. I mean, I, I if yeah. you know, I like to have, I, and it's not about the time; it's about the quality of the content it's yeah. it's very difficult to tell yeah. your life story in 20 minutes yeah one time uh, i interviewed frankie edgar ufc fighter frankie edgar yeah and yeah. that was a magazine article i had 10 minutes what i had 10 minutes 10 minutes i asked eight questions and got a two or three page article out of it dude <laughs> we were rapid fire there was no messing around that is so incredible, dude. So, and, and I'll tell you, and I think that if everybody, and I have your, your uh, website scrolling across the bottom, I'm sure you can see that. Um, I, I think if everybody goes to your website and they look at some of the testimonials and listen, one of the things I noted, noted and noticed, noticed and then noted um, yeah. was, was there's a common theme and that is, uh, I heard, I, I think I heard Jeffrey. I know I heard Jeffrey say it, Gittimer. Um, and a couple of other people, and that is how prepared you are for your interviews. Yeah. And so I didn't sleep last night because mm. I thought, oh dear Lord, I'm not prepared enough. You're fine. I'm I'm interviewing Mr. Prepared, and I don't feel prepared. So don't worry about it. <laughs> so I'm usually um, like Sunday morning. Don't worry about right. it. <laughs> I, I love that. So you know. So you got into this magazine thing in 27. Why? What made you think of that? I just wanted another way to repurpose my content. I thought a magazine would be a really great idea. It is. So it you learn is. as you go. And I've learned a lot. Uh, wow. You know, it, it's it's great. I keep my expenses down by sourcing out my graphic design to Fiverr. Yeah. So I've got two guys on Fiverr. I'm going to add more because I want to scale this and I've got enough work. In fact, what I'm, I'm doing, not only my monthly magazine, I'm doing two other quarterly magazines that I'm editing. I can't give all that work to only two people. In fact, in February, I, I was really pretty much at my limit for, can this get done on time? And I don't want to ever reach a point where me or my client is freaking out about whether we're going to get done on time by deadline. So I do need to source out more. So wow. that's another way that I'm monetizing this whole magazine publication thing is I'm, I'm the editor for two other quarterly publications. I also do, you, do special eight page editions of this. Do you know I that see, guy? I see Ben Gay the third. There he is. Do you know him? Have you interviewed him? I have not, but that is something that we should talk about. <laughs> He's been on my show. Ben is 
like Ben worked for Dr. Napoleon Hill or oh yeah and Zig and worked worked with Zig Ziglar or Zig worked for Ben I I can't remember exactly how that went but I know I was like wow we've connected for a while and it is a high crime that Ben and I have not actually talked more so Ben I apologize to you in front of the world for not connecting with you further let's do that <laughs> Ben is an amazing human being for real. He is amazing. Yeah, so definitely. Definitely should have Ben on the show for sure. Yeah. Um, or on your, yeah. On your radio show for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so Brian, you know, again, this show is about helping people get unstuck, right? Yes. So in you, in, in, in your opinion, what, do you think it is that keeps people stuck like stuck? Yeah. Not achieving their goals. I'm going to share something that maybe no one else has shared before. I think people aren't grateful enough for where they are. Ooh. I also think people haven't forgiven themselves for where they are. Mm. I love that because think about this. I mean, you will never get more of what you want if you aren't thankful for what you have. The universe yep. just doesn't work that way. And sometimes we are our own worst critic. I am my own worst critic by far. I beat myself up mercilessly. I would, I, I'm, I, there are many times where I am not my best friend. Right. And I realized I just have to forgive myself. I mean, a couple things happened this week that, I was in total control of making the choice and I didn't make the right choice. It didn't impact anyone but me, but it took me about a half a day to finally forgive myself and move on. And so once I did, I was not stuck anymore. And thankfully I had a call with my coach scheduled that morning anyway. <laughs> so we yeah. talked through it and yeah. he, I sort of, we, he sort of had a come to Jesus moment with me. It's like, you need to play this game so much bigger than you are. You need to get things done faster. I'm like, I've got so much going on. Have a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's do this. So yeah. it's all good. I mean, everyone needs a coach. No matter where you are on your journey, everyone needs a coach. And if you don't yep. think you need a coach, then don't expect to be a coach for other people. That's right. I, I just had, yeah. I, I literally just had this conversation the other day I, with somebody that was on my show and I, that's a coach and I'm a coach and, and I have two coaches and, and, you know, I, I, look, professionals have coaches. Amateurs don't think they need coaches. That's right. <laughs> right. I know it's the truth. It is the when, truth. when you have that awakening moment where you're like, Oh, Maybe I don't have all the answers. Right. Like it's, it's like, okay. I, I, so I totally agree with you. Totally yeah. agree. And the forgiveness thing, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I talk about this once in a while. Um, I have 17 and a half years of sobriety. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's a gift but it required a ton of work. And, yeah. and part of that work is somebody told me one time that look, the hardest thing, it's not the hardest thing isn't forgiving others for what they've done to you. It's not, it's not getting others to forgive you for what you've done to them. The mm -hmm. hardest part is you forgiving you yeah. for what you've done. It's, Forgiveness. And I had this conversation with Terry Levine. She was on my show and she wrote a book called about to break. It's all about the art of learning to forgive. Yeah. 
and we talked about the whole idea that for forgiveness is about closure more than yeah. it is about validation from others. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen, man. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person. <laughs> you can't control whether Amen. someone receives your apology or not. I, I love this, man. Holy mm -hmm. crap. Now we're getting into my language. Okay. So, so I, and I, because I preached this, I, you know, you and I just became Facebook friends last night, in fact. Yeah. Um, and, and so you haven't, haven't seen, you know, my live streams. I, I go live a lot, okay, a lot, good. lot. And, and I preached this, this is like, Dude, put the stick down. Stop beating yourself up. You're never going to get anywhere as long as you're walking around beating yourself up. Right. Ever. It's not going right. to happen. So I absolutely love your answer to that question. Thank you. If somebody called you and said, Brian, I'm at the end of my rope. I've tried everything. I had my car repoed last week. My electric's being shut off tomorrow. I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn. I'm scared to death. I've tried everything. I don't know what to do. What would Brian say to that person in that moment to help them get past that block? Yeah. The first thing I would do, I would channel Jean-Luc Picard and ask, what are our options here? Mm. What are your options? What do you think your options are? See, it would be very easy for me to judge someone's choice without yeah. knowing what their options were. Cause that, that's where judgment comes from is we, we make an assessment of someone else's situation, but we don't know what their choices were. Right. right. You know, if you knew what their choices were, you might understand their situation so much differently. So the first thing I would do is, I mean, I want to get them to talk about why they feel this way. So I would ask, so what do you believe your options are at this point? And I, I, I would do my very best to make them name a couple of options. Love that. I would ask why, why do you feel stuck? What do you think is going on now? Of course, you know, the pity party will flow in earnest. So, <laughs> right. So I, I would want to get people eventually to a space where they're okay with talking about forgiving themselves and about being thankful. In fact, Tony Robbins will often say, what's great about this? Now that might sound like a dumb question. There's nothing great about being in a car accident. There's right. nothing great about a business failure or divorce or a short sale foreclosure. There's nothing, there's nothing inherently great about any of this, but there is a seat. And Napoleon Hill even says there's a seat of opportunity in every adversity. Right. So, yep. so what's good about this as, as unfeeling and insensitive as that might sound on the surface, it's actually the most loving question you could ask. What's great uh, about this? Where can you go from here? I mean, just it's happened. You can't change it. So now what? What can you do now? What little step can you take in the direction of greatness right now? Dude, I love that. Thank you. And 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 if they said, you know, there was a a and I told I've told this story a couple of times, you know, back when I first started to build a team and open my first office and um, you know, all my, I had a small team, four or five people, um, and they, they were all getting paid, but I wasn't. And one day one of my employees walks in my office and he goes, uh, boss, there's some dude looking in the windows of your SUV out in the parking lot. And I'm like, well, tell him to get the hell out of here. <laughs> He's like, 
well i would but he's blocking it with his tow truck i think he's here to take your car and i'm like oh not cool man no. not cool at all and no. so you know i i was and that was one of the worst probably worst days of my life because mm. you know uh, First off, like, hey, how do you tell all your employees it's going to be okay? <laughs> Can I get a ride home? <laughs> right. Like, you know, like it's it's going to be okay though. I promise. You guys have all gotten paid. You can, you know, <clears throat> when you're in that that state of mind, like, OMG, the entire world is collapsing around me. Right. If somebody said what's great about this to me, I would probably want to punch them. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but I get it. You're right. I think it's a great way to look at it. But how mm -hmm. do you how do you help somebody get like through that moment when it's yeah. like well, things happened to get you to that moment. So critically ask yourself what's not working here. Right. What got you here? What right. isn't working for you? Right. And right. then figure out what way you can change it. Now there are plenty of people out there who are willing to be a good listening ear and make sure you ask people who can give you counsel and not advice. Yeah. People. And there's a difference that yep. Gregory would tell you this. He, you know, ask people who've been through what you've gone through, ask someone really successful, what they would do. Yeah. And I'm going to guess they're going to flip it back and ask you what you should do. I can give yeah. you input, but what, what can you do with where you are right now? Don't you find that, there's a lot of people who would rather just have they they would rather complain yes than 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 have a solution right well teddy roosevelt very famously said if you present a problem without presenting a solution that is called whining <laughs> right. we all true. want to whine once in a while right yeah we yeah. do we do so what's what's up next for you? What's coming up? What do you got going? What what's uh, what's the big vision on the on the horizon? Wow, scaling the business is big yeah. on the horizon. Uh, that's a really really great question. I, I do want to build the business. Having having a team around me is probably the next big step. I've got a friend who has referred an editor friend who might be able to help me edit some of my ghostwriting projects. I do ghostwrite books for people, as I mentioned earlier, maybe yeah. do some magazine editing, maybe source out the sales and become more of a CEO and not do all the work. There's nothing wrong with doing the work, but if you want to grow your business, you have to work on your business and not in your business. That's right. Yeah. Got to Got to delegate. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like that. I, I'm a perfectionist. So I like to make sure that everything's done the way I want it done. Yep. So sometimes I, I hold yep. myself back. Yep. I think we're all guilty of that. Yeah. And get on more stages this year. Perfect. That's yep. good. Yep. So, so, um, first, how would, how would people follow you? Where's the best place to follow you? Uh, they can contact me through briankwright.com. Okay. There's a contact form. They can also find me on Facebook. Okay. And on Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. Instagram. I'm not on Instagram actually. TikTok. I, nope. Just, you know, just, just Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter right now. Kevin Harrington followed me a couple days ago on TikTok. Oh, good. I'm, I, I, it's, it's, it's crazy what's happening with TikTok. Yeah. I introduced him to somebody, the, the guy who, got this book 
to number one bestseller on Amazon in multiple categories. And they're going to have a conversation with each other very shortly. That's awesome. Kevin's got a book coming out in September. I was listening to one of Kevin's live streams with Maxwell Finn. In fact, Maxwell Finn's the guy who introduced me to Kevin Harrington in the first place. Wow. And at the end of the live stream, Kevin mentioned a book coming out in September. So I emailed him almost immediately said, Hey, congratulations. I saw your live stream. Congratulations on our book. I don't know if you have someone in your corner that helps people get to bestseller, but I've got a guy who helped me get my book to Amazon. Number one, he can help yeah. you get on USA today and wall street journal. Don't, again, don't know if you've got somebody in your corner who does this, but I can make an introduction if you want. He said, that sounds really great. Introduce me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's so, all about connecting people. The best JV opportunities is. are pairing up people who need you and you need yeah. them. I 1000% agree with you. Yep. Somebody 1, has what you want and somebody wants what you have. And that's the thing like you and I, and just so the audience understands is the, the, what you're talking about here is, is it's the probably key principle to success. I, I think that, you know, you like, there's somebody I'm going to introduce a couple of people I'm going to introduce you to for sure. Mm -hmm. And that's something I always do anyway, Me too. is, is right. I love that. And, and, and you're probably going to be able to introduce me to some people here and there. And, and, you know, like that's the way that it works. We yeah. help each other. Yeah. We help each other. So, and people like Kevin Harrington and it's like Mark Victor Hansen and his amazing wife, Crystal, they have a book coming out and I'm trying like crazy to connect them with people that have shows and podcasts and, 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 you know, that that's just the way the world works. Yeah. I love it, man. I love yeah. it. Dude, you're incredible. Like Thank I you. am absolutely so grateful and, and blown away by your story, your energy. You. I appreciate that. And again, you know, these two books are available on Amazon. If anybody wants, wants to. Yeah. Success profiles, conversations with high achievers, volume one and two. I love that. And if anyone wants to talk to me about, being featured in the magazine. You know, I do short editions where people can be featured on the cover by themselves. And the whole, the whole eight page magazine is about them. Wow. I can talk to them about that. I can talk to people about ghostwriting. Callwithbrian.com is how you can set up a time to talk to me. Callwithbrian.com, B-R-I-A-N. Callwithbrian.com, schedule time to talk to me. We'll grab 30 minutes and talk about what we can do. I'm going to put that up on the screen. Call with brian.com right yep. yep right there call yep. with brian.com yep if you want to talk to brian and talk about all of these things about being featured in pro in the success profiles magazine all of it yep dude this is awesome so awesome brian k Wright. thank you yes. so much I, I i i thank you you're so welcome, Ken. It was an honor and a privilege to be here with you and your audience. And I hope it was everything you expected it to be. Much more. Oh, good. Much more. So thank you so much. Connect with um, Sherry Gideons too. She's an amazing, amazing lady. I awesome. believe you already know this guy. Yes. I will be seeing him on Friday and Saturday this week in Houston at his Habitude Warrior Conference. I, I love Eric. He is such a good person. Yeah. He's got more energy than anyone I know, and he doesn't drink coffee. I don't either. Oh, wow. I do. 
No judgment. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on. You are a rock star, my friend. Thank you so much. And, and thank you to everybody who shared this out and has been on here because we have a lot of comments on here. So, Oh, good. I look forward to reading them. Yeah. So I wanted to be present with you. So I didn't read them while we were talking. I appreciate that, man. I, I'm trying, well, you know, I'm trying to do everything here. I know what that's like. I hosted a virtual event back in late January called Authorpreneur Live. And my job was to moderate, monitor comments, make sure everyone's questions got asked. Yeah. And I have to listen back to the replays of all 14 sessions if I want to really get the most out of it. Authorpreneurlive.com. If you want to talk about marketing, writing, marketing, and leveraging your book to greater advantage, authorpreneurlive.com. You can get the recordings for, I think, $47 now. I mean, really amazing. Yeah. You can't even go wrong with that. I mean, Debbie Allen was a guest. Michael Drew talked about publishing. Um, Mark Wall Russell talked about building a coaching business. Uh, Scott Aaron talked about building your business by using LinkedIn to generate leads and sales. Arlene Gale talked about writing press releases and book proposals, just really, really valuable stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on and, and you know, anything I can ever do for you, you let me know. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for hanging up on me. Don't don't hang up on me here. Let's um, let's, let's end this live stream though. Thank you to everyone who has watched and shared. Y'all rock. Thank you so much. Brian, thanks again. You're welcome.